Today is Friday, September the 9th, 2022, and it's a great day to have a day here on the Spurs Up show, the best Gamecocks podcast on the internet. On today's show, the SEC opener is here as the Gamecocks travel to Fayetteville, Arkansas to take on the Hogs. Guys, I will break down tomorrow's game in its entirety. We'll talk top storylines, key matchups to watch, keys of the game, and I will lock in my lead pipe lock of the week prediction as well. Also, your listener questions, guys. We have got a packed show for you here on this Friday. And of course, as always, it's brought to you by our friends over at Red Fox Roofing. Guys, Red Fox Roofing is a family-owned and operated residential roofing company born and raised in the Carolinas. They're proud South Carolina Gamecock fans servicing the local Columbia, Charleston, and most of the surrounding areas. They offer free inspections for storm damage, free same-day estimates for full roof replacements, and roof certifications for people getting ready to sell their homes. Also, guys, they know how important shingle quality is when it comes to your roof. That's why they use Atlas Shingles, which is the only shingle manufacturer on the market who's partnered with three and has a Scotch Guard protection on their shingles. They offer a lifetime algae-resistant warranty that your roof will never have those ugly black streaks from algae buildup. Now, when it comes to the best possible pricing, they've got you covered there as well. Red Fox Roofing is willing to beat any written estimate and allows financing as well. They service every home as if it was theirs, and their attention to detail and customer service is truly what sets them apart, guys. Simply put, they'll always leave it better than they found it. Give them a call today, 843 843- 364-3023. That's 843-364-3023 for all of your roofing needs. You can also find them on Facebook at Red Fox Roofing. Or if you have any questions, go to their website, redfoxroof.com. That's redfoxroof.com. Be sure to check them out and tell them Chris from the Spurs Up Show sent you. Let's get it. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, The best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The intensity ratchets up. SEC play begins, and that alone, folks, 
says it all. There's just a different feeling going into this weekend. The season opener was special, but there's nothing like the emotion, the intensity, the energy, and the excitement of SEC play beginning, especially when you're going into hostile territory looking to pull an upset. Folks, happy Friday, TGIF. Hope you're all doing well. I'm Chris Phillips, your host of the Spurs Up Show. As always, appreciate you all tuning in. And as you can tell, yours truly is two things today. Number one, I'm fired up. I'm damn excited, and I'm. it's a pleasure and an honor and a privilege to talk with you all. Number two, I'm locked in. I'm ready to go. I'm ready for toe-to-meet leather tomorrow at Donald W. Reynolds Razorback Stadium. I am so excited, so fired up, so jacked up, ready to go. Whatever adjective you want to use, it's finally here. SEC play begins. And again, I appreciate you all tuning in. I hope this show does find you. No matter where you are, what you're doing. Again, we got a lot to get into, a lot to dissect, a lot to predict. Y'all know how we roll here on a Friday. But hey, before we get going, because we got a lot to discuss. First thing, guys, of course, as we sit here and we chat on this Friday, of course, for those of you who are not going to Fayetteville. And those of you who are, shout out to my Rippers, Nick, Tucker, you know who you are, the entire gang. Uh, I know there's plenty of other Gamecocks as well. Y'all be safe. Bring back a W for all the Gamecocks who are not traveling on the road. And by the way, let me shout out Gamecock Nation because I've been told we have sold out our allotment of tickets, right, for this weekend's game, which again just shows Gamecock Nation we're going to ride with ours, man. We're going to ride with ours, and we're fired up. We're ready to break out and break through and get this party started in the 2022 season. But for all of those of you who are staying in the great state of South Carolina, especially my Greenville and my upstate Gamecocks, y'all coming out tomorrow. We will be at Carolina Alehouse in downtown Greenville. Now, let me just go ahead and point this out, okay? Because I've got some questions from people about Chris. You know, it's it's the upstate. Oh, there's so much orange and purple. There's Clemson people. Are they going to have the game sound on? Are they going to cut our game off and cut the Clemson game off? Guys, and the questions are justified, by the way. I, I'm not trying to pick on anybody or make anybody feel some type of way. But Because I've gotten these questions from Greenville Gamecock Club people themselves. I've got it from the Alumni Association. And if y'all can do me a favor, if you know those people, or if you are those people, heed my word. How, how do I say this? I'm just going to say it. Carolina Alehouse is writing checks to your boy. All right, we've got a deal in place. And we've had these conversations well in advance. They already know that if I'm going to throw an event and I'm going to be in the building, we're going to do that shit right, and we're going to take care of my people. So listen to me. Listen to me and heed my words. I can guarantee you and promise you this. Obviously, when we're in Somerville, Columbia, Myrtle, you know, Gamecock fans, we feel comfortable. We feel welcome. You know, plenty of garnet and black. Guys, all my upstate Gamecocks, Heed my word, when you come to one of my events in the upstate, you ain't got to worry about our game not being on. You ain't got to worry about the game sound not being on. You ain't got to worry about the orange and purple slapdicks interrupting our party. Because you know what? 
I wouldn't be there if that was the case. So when we do it, we do it right. We're going to throw a freaking party tomorrow, man. Carolina Ale House, downtown Greenville. I just wanted to make that clear because I've heard some horror stories from people who in the upstate, they've had bad experiences. I'm here to tell you, folks, I don't do stuff like this half-assed. So you come out to my events, I can promise you it's going to be done, and it's going to be done correctly. Heck, ask the people who came out last year. I was hanging up the TSUS and the big cock club flags over the Tiger Paws. I didn't give a damn, right? Because, again, if they didn't have the game on, the game sound, I wouldn't want to be there either. And that would cause one hell of a rift between I and Carolina Alehouse, and I know they don't want that because we love our partnership together. So let me just say again, all my upstate Gamecocks, my Greenville Gamecocks, y'all are some great people, man. Come on out. Carolina Alehouse, downtown Greenville. We're going to be upstairs on that patio that overlooks Main Street. Going to be one hell of a time. Again, game sound will be on. Great food, great drinks. Got plenty of TVs. Y'all come out in droves. Also, I'll have the koozies and the towels for sale at the event tomorrow. So I will have some merchandise on hand. And stay tuned, by the way, because I'm starting to get a lot of requests in regards to, to merchandise at these events. You guys are showing up wanting to buy T-shirts and stuff like that. So, that might be something down the road. I'm not saying right now, but down the road might be the pipeline. We might start doing that. But either way, let's watch the Gamecocks. Get the dub. Get the victory against Arkansas tomorrow. Carolina Alehouse, downtown Greenville. All those details are on social media. With that being said, man, I'm fired up today. I mean, I'm always fired up to chat with you all, but it just, like I said in the beginning, it just hits different, man. It hits different because this is a big ball game. This is massive. South Carolina, Arkansas, a noon Eastern time kickoff tomorrow on ESPN, by the way, guys. So you ain't got to worry about streaming, none of this plus BS that we had last week. The main channel, ESPN's where you can find it. The game, of course, being played in Fayetteville, Arkansas. Donald W. Reynolds Razorback Stadium. We talked about the gambling lines on Wednesday's show. USC is a nine-point underdog as it sits right now. And what's so interesting about that, again, we mentioned it on Wednesday, but this line opened at 11.5, fell all the way down to 7.5, then was it eight and a half, I think, when we talked on Wednesday. Now it's at nine. Uh, so, I mean, again, if you feel confident in the Gamecocks, we're going to pull the upset or get the W on the road. You can get a great money line value as well. And then the over-under total, of course, which we've locked in our over-under total, that is at 53 at the time of recording this. Now, when you look at the series, these two teams, as we all know, used to play every single year. Both joined the SEC way back in 1992. And, of course, the series ceased its annual uh, its annual play, if you will, because of the expansion of the SEC when Missouri and Texas A&M were added. But you look at this series, guys, a really good competitive series. Arkansas leads at all time, 13 and 10. But the Gamecocks, get this, have won the last three games these two teams have played. And the last time, of course, they met, 2017, the Gamecocks won that one, 48 to 22. And you might recall, I was actually in the stadium for that one a turnover-filled game. South kind of had a couple scooping scores, defensive touchdowns, Sky Moore, TJ Brunson. I'll never forget, I think that was the first time, and I'm such a uniform guy, right? I'm going to, like, expose myself as being such a uniform guy. But I think that was the first time we ever wore black garnet black, right? And I know some of you get so tired of hearing me talk about unis, but I love unis, so I won't apologize for that. Uh, Black garnet black. It was the first time we wore that, and, of course, a big-time victory over Arkansas. I think that was the Brett Bielema-coached Arkansas Razorbacks. But either way, been a great series. Glad to see it renewed here in Fayetteville tomorrow. Let's dive into, guys, our top storylines. And, again, 
Why I'm so pumped, why I'm so excited, guys, SEC play begins. You know, we talked a lot about week one this week, guys, and some of you, you're tuned in, you're still a fan of the show, you're still a fan of TSUS, but some of you are tuned in today saying, Chris, you insufferable asshole, how could you complain all week long about a 21-point victory? God, all you've been doing all along is being critical and being this and being that. You know what, guys? I have. Week one doesn't matter anymore. This is a whole different beast a whole different ball game. I'm not saying throw away what you did in week one, right? Because it does matter. And all we can do right now going in this game as fans, especially, is go off of what we know and what we've seen. What the Gamecocks did in week one and what Arkansas did in week one. But anytime SEC play begins, guys, it's just a different beast. It's just a different animal. And how do these two teams most respond? Because you can look at Arkansas, you know, and talking to their people, they didn't play as well as they wanted to either. So who are these teams really? Right? Like, what is South Carolina? How good is Arkansas? This is a massive, massive game. And that takes me into my next storyline, guys. A massive game for two programs that I feel like are very comparable, right? Very comparable programs. And I felt like that forever. I mean, you look, both programs feel like they're on a positive trajectory. They're on a positive ascension, and they're trying to break out, if you will, and break through and vaunt themselves or vault themselves, I should say, excuse me, into the top or near the top of the SEC. Of course, we look at what Arkansas did last year, and you go back and you look at their record, guys. I mean, they had a fantastic 2021 season. I think they won all three of their trophy games, uh, won their bowl game by 14 points over Penn State, nine-win season. I talked a lot about in the preseason. The Gamecocks would love to have a year or two under Shane Beamer like the Hogs had a year or two under Sam Pittman, right? Both programs, again, in sort of similar boats. Hey, both programs have head coaches mentioning Pittman and Beamer, who were guys that you look at and say – are they household names? Not necessarily, but they are cultural fits for their respective school, right? You look at Sam Pittman, you listen to any interview with him. I mean, he just screams Arkansas. He He's kind of like a guy like a Les Miles was for, yeah, like, no, excuse me, like a, uh, like a Edo. Why am I saying Les Miles? Like a coach Orgeron was for LSU, right? Where you looked at him and you said, that guy's Louisiana. Well, Sam Pittman's Arkansas, man. And then you look at Shane Beamer. Obviously, we know what Coach Beamer's doing, the way he embraces South Carolina, the way he's such a great cultural fit and what he's done for us. So, listen, it's a massive game, fair or unfair, right? Many of you out there hearing the sound of my voice and many of those who are just in Gamecock Nation, they have put all of their stock for this season in this game. Fair or unfair? You know it. You know it's true. You know if it's you, you know it is. Many people coming in this season. What's the most important game of the 2022 schedule? So many folks. Arkansas. And I think I understand it to a degree, although I would disagree, but it kind of depends on how you define, right? How do you define the most important game? And I think it's a massive game for both sides, right? Which makes it so intriguing because, hey, looking at it from the Hogs' perspective, I mean, if Arkansas, you know, they were picked to go 10 and 2 by some people. If Arkansas is going to have the type of year that they want to have, that they've been projected to have, winning a game like this on your home field as a favorite, it's just one you simply got to have. And then if you're the Gamecocks, right, and you're looking to overachieve, listen, I picked the Gamecocks to go 8-4 and four without a win over Arkansas. But we've seen all these preseason projections, over-under set at six and a half, you know, seven and five, just kind of the common prediction by everybody out there. If you really want to put the SEC on high alert and you want to kick the freaking door down and let folks in college football know, hey, we are ahead of schedule, 
We're here. This is our most talented team in arguably a decade. Hey, go on the road and beat an Arkansas, right? We talked a lot about this in the preseason. It's not good enough to just win the ones you're supposed to and lose the ones you're supposed to and end up six and six and all is good. No, if you want to break out and break through and really set your program on fire and have a big time year, you got to win a game like this. You got to win a game in Lexington. You got to win a game against an A&M or a Tennessee or what have you. So this serves as a major opportunity for the University of South Carolina, this football program. And again, it's a massive game for both sides for different reasons. Now, let's move into our next big storyline, guys. And we got to talk about it. I've got written here on my notes. O-line, O-line, O-line. I, I will not spend a lot of time beating a dead horse. As Marshawn Lloyd, chill on my offensive line, right? So, Marshawn, I'm going to give you your request. I'm going to chill on your offensive line. And I'm just going to say this. It's got to get better. We all know that. That goes without saying. It's stating the obvious. It has to get better. Is this offensive line at any point this year going to be elite? I don't think so. Here's the good news, guys. It doesn't have to be, right? It doesn't have to be. And I've said my piece about the offensive line this week. I stand by all of it. I'm taking none of it back. That ain't how I roll. Y'all already know that, right? So I stand by everything I've said. But here's the thing. Week one to week two. Maybe, just maybe, maybe we can look back a week, you know, uh, back at Georgia State and say, you know what? It really just was just a one-off. It was the game plan. It was what Coach Elliott and those guys did. Tip your freaking cap. But a lot of this game, it comes down to that line of scrimmage play. We all know Sam Pittman. He's going to be physical. His team's physical, right? Uh, that They're going to have that nastiness, that tenacity. How do you hold up up front? You feel like you got the weapons to go win this ball game. Offensive line, offensive line, offensive line. Y'all get tired of hearing me talk about the guys. I'm going to give you a little secret. I get tired of talking about offensive line, man. Do you think I really wouldn't rather talk about the quarterback? I wouldn't rather talk about the run game, the running backs themselves, the wide receivers, you know, what, what the defense is doing, the, the, the playmakers. Do you really think I want to spend week in, week out talking about the offensive line? All due respect, all the offensive linemen out there, but it's not the most fun and exciting part of the game, right? So the good news, again, is you don't need the O-line to be elite. You just need them to be serviceable. That, that's all you need. So is this the week it happens? Because if it does, if it does, all bets are off. Guys, on that note, let's move into our next big storyline. We're going to flip to the defensive side. You know, you look at the matchup in this game at the quarterback position. I'll get more to that in just a second. But specifically, the Arkansas side of things with K.J. Jefferson. This guy, six foot four, 240, regarded by many as maybe the best quarterback in the SEC. And you look at what he did to Cincinnati's defense in week one, threw for three touchdowns, ran for 60 yards. I mean, good as advertised, right? Maybe even better. How do the Gamecocks slow him down? What, what is the game plan against K.J. Jefferson? You know, how, how do they combat him, his running ability, throwing ability? Do you have to pick your poison? Do you have to choose? Uh, you know, how, how do you go after him? Do you sit back? Do you spy him? Do, do you bring the pressure, bring the blitzes? Is it a mix of that? And you feel good, right, with Clayton White and that defensive staff. They're going to put together a great game plan. And, you know, you've got a top 10 in the country secondary back from last year, right? You feel good about the defensive line. And, you know, you, you saw what you saw against Georgia State in week one. I look at it this way, and I don't want to insult Arkansas in any way, but I feel like Arkansas, style-wise, is kind of like Georgia State, but a lot better, right? And they've got a quarterback that can throw the football. So, you know, we saw the Gamecocks at times last week have some issues with contain on the edge. But simply put, 
it's not even about stopping a KJ Jefferson. It's slowing him down because you look at the type of players he is. And granted, he will make mistakes from time to time, but just slow him down. Give yourself a chance. I mean, this is a dude, again, very talented. Uh, J.C. Sherbert talked on our show on the Daily Crow yesterday about, you know, when you get your arms around him and when you get, when you hit him, bring him down. He's a real big physical dude, and those present tough matchups. And again, there's a reason he's so highly thought of. So again, what is the game plan? How do they slow him down? I don't think you can stop him completely, but slow him down, take something away. Really excited to see that chess match. Now, on the other side, talking quarterbacks and the big storyline, Spencer Rattler. You know, we've heard a lot about the Arkansas secondary this weekend uh, or this week going into the weekend about Slusher and Catalan, both high-quality guys being out. Now, granted, Arkansas does have a guy behind Catalan. I believe, I forget his name, uh, but the Georgia transfer that should fill in. So they got some depth there. But it is a depleted hog secondary that gave up over 300 passing yards to Cincinnati. With Rattler and this offense, if, again, the major if, if the offensive line can be serviceable, there should be opportunities there to expose a depleted hog secondary. Can Spencer Rattler do it? Can they move him out of the pocket, get him on the run? The good news, again, guys, I think you've got the weapons on the outside to do so. The Vans, the Wells, the Stogs, the Bells, uh, the, you know, the Brooks from last week, the um, Dak Joiners who should be back this week, Xavier Leggett. I mean, you've got enough weapons, I think, to make it hurt. And, again, you saw what Cincinnati did. And from, from people you talk to, you watch that game too, there were a lot of throws that the Cincinnati quarterback missed last week, wide open guys that you'd like to think Spencer Rattler is going to hit. Uh, again, you saw Spencer Rattler didn't even play his best game last week. You saw the pure arm talent. You saw the throwing ability. Do we see that on full display tomorrow afternoon in Fayetteville? Could he be the difference and carry the Gamecocks to a big SEC victory? Going to be a lot of fun to watch because I, I would label this really as Spencer Rattler's first big test, right? I mean, Georgia State was what it was. It was a season opener, but now – we get to kind of see, okay, how does this guy adjust to SEC play? That's another big storyline, right? I didn't even write it in my notes, but it is. This is going to be his first SEC game of his career, and we've heard a lot of the summer, well, you know, Big 12, not SEC. And that's very true. That's very true. So how does he adjust his game? I think it probably does help a lot, though, that Rattler has been practicing against the Gamecocks secondary, which I think is one of probably the best secondaries in the SEC. Um, looking back at the defense, guys, the big storyline for me, and you look at these matchups, I think it's some really, really intriguing matchups in this one. But my question is this. We heard Beamer all preseason, right, talk about the defensive tackles and the D-line and the run defense. And, and certainly that is an area of emphasis for them running the football and stopping the run. Guys, here is my question, though. Just how good is the rushing defense really? Because all I heard this week was, you know, they, they looked much better containing the run, much better against the run. And I'm not saying that's not true, right? Georgia State gassed you early, got some junk yards late, in between, I thought your D-line took over the ball game, looked much better, looked, looked really good, right? Looked really good, especially when you factor in Georgia State. That's their bread and butter. They want to run the football. But then you look at the stat line, right? Then you look at the box score and you say, you still surrendered 200 yards rushing. You still surrendered five yards per carry. And you're going to face a better offensive line, arguably better running backs, and certainly a better quarterback than you faced a week ago, right? I want to believe the rush defense is better. You want to believe the rush defense is better, but now we're going to get a serious test. And again, you gave up 200 to Georgia State. So was that, I don't even know how to phrase this. Was that kind of, were those fluffed numbers because of junk time and, and that, you know, one big run gassed you or 
Is that who you are yet again? And this is going to be a defensive front that struggles to stop the run yet again. Because I think there's a lot of pressure. You know, J.C. Sherbert talked about this yesterday in regards to the defensive tackles. And this is a big game for Zach Pickens and Alex Huntley and, and Tonka Hemingway and Barrett and Sanders and all these other guys. And I agree. Because Shane Beamer spent all preseason, all summer, talking about how good the tackles were. They're the best the best position group on the football team, the deepest football uh, position group on the football team. And it's like, if that is the case, this is a game in which they show up in, right? I mean, this is a game they show up in, and you just don't get gashed. I'm not saying Arkansas, you know, listen, they're a very good football team, very big, very physical. Going to talk about that more in a second. They're going to run the football, right? They're going to have some success. It's kind of like with Jefferson. You can slow them down. You're probably not going to completely stop them. They're going to score points, guys, right? It's going to happen. But, you know, how leaky are you, right? Because we saw it last year. The Gamecocks has got it run down their throat. And if you can't at some degree stop the run in this football game, I think you just simply don't have a chance. So great test in this one. Just how good is the rushing defense really? And then my final storyline, guys, is this. The road woes for this football team. For whatever reason, South Carolina has struggled mightily on the road. Just how mightily? The Gamecocks are 2-14 and 14 in their last 16 True road games. Two and 14 in the last 16, guys. The Gamecocks went one and four on the road last year in Shane Beamer's first season. 0 and four in SEC play on the road. So that is a trend that's got to be reversed quickly. And you look at last year. Hey, you played some really, really good competition, right? But I think here's the bigger problem. A lot of those road games have been blowouts. A, a lot of them have. And guys, we we posted this stat. Uh, late Wednesday night, right? That the Gamecocks are one and thirteen. They've gone on the road and faced a ranked SEC West opponent fourteen times since joining the SEC back in nineteen ninety two. It's happened fourteen times. The Gamecocks are one and thirteen in those games. Their one win coming back in two thousand one. So, just like the rest of the season, it feels like it feels like the theme of this football season is reversing negative trends and snapping negative streaks. You have an opportunity to do that yet again. I, I don't know if there's any magic potion or anything Shane Beamer can say or what you could do. Hey, it's tougher to win on the road. We all know that. But I think that's also why we've circled this game. This is such a big game because if the Gamecocks are able to secure a victory, it will tell me, it will tell us all, this is a quality football team because there's no way you're BSing your way to a victory against Arkansas on the road in Fayetteville. You win this game, hey, all that talent, all that hype, there was a reason for it. We can say, we can point to and say, look at that. Look at that. It came together. So huge game, huge opportunity for this football team. All right, let's dive into key matchups to watch. Before we do, guys, we've been talking gambling a lot, right? You guys bet on spreads, over-unders, futures, what it might be. How about winning some money on the prop plays with our friends over at Prize Picks? Go download the Prize Picks app. Go to prizepicks.com. Use the promo code TSUS at sign up to receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. Guys, Price Picks is the simplest fantasy game on the market focused around prop total entries. Here's how it works. You pick two to five players. You can win up to 10 times on any entry. Price Picks has no sharks, optimizers, or mass multi-entry. Guys, it's literally just you against the projection. Price Picks allows mixed sport entries. So, for example, you can take the over on Rattler, parlay with the under on LeBron, parlay with the over on Mahomes, right? Hey, the NFL is back, so NFL price picks are back, but you can play any sport. NBA, NHL, NFL, uh, you know, whatever it is. And, of course, college sports, which is why we love price picks. They've also got a slick, easy-to-use mobile app 
both on the App Store, Google Play, and they're rated 4.8 stars in the App Store with rave reviews. Again, guys, that's our friends over at Prize Picks. Go down the Prize Picks app, go to prizepicks.com. And when you do, use the promo code TSUS at sign up to receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. Let's break the bookie this football season with our friends over at Prize Picks. Guys, let's dive into these key matchups to watch. And some of these I hinted in our top storylines, but either way, we're going to run through these. My first key matchup, as we talked, the Gamecocks defensively, right? I, I'm really just, it, it's so much fun to see the game plan in this one because we heard so much about that after the season opener. Well, we were trying to do this. And how much have we heard this week about the challenges that Georgia State presented both offensively, defensively? Well, Arkansas is going to do the same, right? Arkansas is going to present all types of challenges, and I'm really excited to see the chess match between Gamecocks defensive coordinator Clayton White, who, hey, we're all really big fans of. I say give the man a blank check. put Let him put whatever total on it. Let him stay forever. But Gamecocks defensive coordinator Clayton White against the Arkansas OC Kendall Bryles. And Bryles, respected as one of the best offensive minds in college football, how does he use K.J. Jefferson? How does he use guys like Trey Knox, Rocket Sanders at running back, um, Jaden Hazelwood on the outside, Warren Thompson as well. So tons of pieces to play with for Kendall Bryles. How does he attack that Gamecocks defense? And on the contrary, how does Clayton White combat that? Because like I said, guys, you've got a really talented, big physical quarterback who can beat you in multiple ways. Uh, again, Arkansas has got weapons everywhere, and they're led by a big physical offensive line. I think you're going to have to probably pick your poison in this one. You're going to have to pick your spots as well. This has been an opportunistic defense under Clayton White. Will we see more of the same for that? Going to be a lot of fun to watch two of the best in regards to what they do go at it in Clayton White and Brenda Biles. Let's move to our second key matchup. And I tell you what, guys, it's not all the time you get these type of quarterback matchups. Rattler against Jefferson, that is my second key matchup. Spencer Rattler against K.J. Jefferson, the two gunslingers. Now, when you're talking SEC play and you're talking a game like this, yes, we can talk offensive line, defensive lines, other skill guys, what have you, but quarterback play, it almost means everything in a game like this, right? And a lot of this game, especially if it's close, which – Spoiler, I think this game is going to be close. It's going to come down to most likely which quarterback makes a, makes a play and which quarterback makes a mistake. Who makes the fewest mistakes? Who shows up ready to shine and leads their team to victory? I, I think this duel between these two guys, we're talking two guys that are NFL bound, um, going to be a lot of fun. Two really, really talented gunslingers. And two guys where, again, the fan bases have very high hopes and dreams and aspirations and expectations for these two guys. So, again, guys, my second key matchup, Spencer Rattler against K.J. Jefferson. And then, finally, we can't go through this entire thing without talking the line of scrimmage. Guys, J.C. Sherbert mentioned him yesterday. I'm going to bring him up Bring him up yet again. Zach Pickens on the defensive front on the interior against the offensive lineman, the center for Arkansas, Ricky Stromberg, and he is the anchor that makes this thing go. Again, guys, I taught over the summer, four of five starters returning for the Arkansas offensive line, big physical group. Zach Pickens, hey, listen, man, you're, you're, you're a former five-star guy. You're a big-time dude. You got to show up in a game like this. You got to show up, play your best football, lead that interior. Like we said, Arkansas is going to get their yards. That's what they do. They run the football, but uh, you got to at minimum plug the middle. And Zach Pickens is the guy – that has to do it. He needs to have one of his best showings, in my opinion, guys, in Garnet and Black to give the Gamecocks a chance to slow down that Hogs running game. All right, let's move into our keys 
to victory, what what South Carolina must do to give them a chance to begin SEC play at 1-0. and oh, And we've talked a lot about nastiness, tenacity, physicality. I feel like that's the type of game this will be. My first key, bring your lunch pail, folks, because it's going to be one hell of a ride. It's going to be a physical football game. There's going to be a lot of tenacity. There's going to be some hitting. There's going to be pads popping. There's going to be some bad blood, I feel like. Bring your lunch pail. Bring your physicality, low man wins, whatever verbiage you want to use. But I think the Gamecocks need to pride themselves in this one on being the more physical football team. There are games where you can focus on flashiness and and, and doing this, the bells and the whistles and all this. Bring your lunch pail, man. I I think this is physical for 60 minutes. You need to go punch Arkansas in the mouth. And when they punch you, hey, respond. Get back up. Do what you got to do. Outlast them. Do what you got to do. Bring the heat. Bring the heat. Bring the noise. Set the tone. Uh, Bring your lunch pail. Do the damn thing. My second key to the game. I've been talking a lot about K.J. Jefferson. I've mentioned this over and over on this show, but it stands true. My second key, defensively. You got to pick your poison when it comes to KJ Jefferson, man. I I tend to think the Gamecocks have got to sell out on stopping the run, but you got to make him one-dimensional. Bottom line, you can't let him have both. If you're allowing KJ Jefferson, I don't know if you do that with a spy. I don't know if you do that by dropping eight, rushing three, and hoping your rush can get there. Uh, I don't know if you're all blitzing every play. Whatever it might be, but you cannot let KJ Jefferson get comfortable back there. And also, I'd say, too, when you hit him, Bring him down. Bring him down, right? Uh, He looked like against Cincinnati. He was shedding a lot of guys. He looked like Cam Newton out there running. So pick your poison. Got to make KJ one-dimensional. You do that. You give yourself a shot. And then my final key to victory, guys, we talked about it earlier. Road warriors. Be a road warrior. Come into it with the right mentality, the right mindset. Listen, I know you haven't been good on the road 2-14 and your last 16 true road games. Flush that. Forget it. I I tell you, most athletes, guys, you talk to them, they like playing on the road, right? Going on the road, going into hostile territory and shutting up a a home crowd and and feeling like it's us against the world and bonding with your brothers and and fighting through adversity. And I know this team has the right mindset mentality. Listen, you, you played some really good teams last year. It is what it is. It happens. But having that road warrior mentality, you carry that into tomorrow afternoon, let that serve you, fight through adversity, uh, and you see what happens when the dust settles. So, again, guys, my three keys to victory, bring your lunch pail, pick your poison, and road warriors. Be road warriors. You do those three things, I think you give yourself one hell of a chance to snag victory tomorrow. All right, guys, let's move into one of my favorite times of the week because it's time to talk about my lead Pipe lock of the week. We're going to lock it in with our friends over at A1 Air Quality Consultants. Guys, A1 Air Quality Consultants is giving corporate services for working man prices. They have over 20 years in the mold industry and 10 years in asbestos industry. They use the most modern scientific technology for highly accurate results. They perform the following services. Mold testing air and surface. Allergen testing air, things like pollen, dust, etc. Asbestos testing in building materials. Asbestos air testing to make sure it's not airborne. Air monitoring services during abatement projects. And I think I might have said that wrong. If I did, forgive me, Dallas, I will get it right. E. coli testing surface and water as well. For more information, give them a call today, 864-619-2092. That's 864-619-2092. You can also find them on Twitter at A1 Air Quality 1 and on Instagram at A1 Air Quality Consultants. Guys, for any other questions, head to their website at A1AirQualityConsultants.com. That's A1AirQualityConsultants.com. 
Com. Guys, again, we appreciate our friends over at A1 Air Quality Consultants for their love and support of the Lead Pipe Lock of the Week segment each and every single Friday when I lock in my pick. And also, guys, you see their graphic. You see their logo, I should say, on our prediction graphic. Be sure they're always tagged. Give them a follow. Show love. Let them know, hey, I look forward to the Lead Pipe Lock of the Week and appreciate because without people like Dallas and the A1 Air Quality folks, TSUS would not be possible so thank you all so much to them with that being said let's get into that lead pipe lock of the week i'm giving my prediction gamecocks hit the road to fayetteville taking on arkansas and this is a big game right there's just no other way to spin it there's a reason i'm so fired up talking to you all here on this friday like i said in the beginning of the show this just hits different i mean it just hits different it's it's a different feeling going into SEC play, right? And it's hard not to get caught up in the hoopla of this game because, you know, I, I sat there over the summer and gave you guys all my, my you know, my, my key game of the season, my most important game. And I talked about this game being the biggest swing game. But I remember talking to a good buddy of mine and saying, you know, it's going to feel like after you beat Georgia State, you start wanting to know. The week of the Arkansas game, it's going to feel like it's the most important game of the season. Just because we all know and we understand what's on the line. We all know what it means. If you can win this football game, what it does for your season. It doesn't guarantee anything necessarily. But guys, think about it. The Gamecocks, it's 337 on Saturday afternoon, right? The Gamecocks have just secured a 31-24 to victory. You're 2-0, and 1-0 in SEC play. College game day or SEC nation or whoever's going to come to town for Carolina, Georgia. Even if you lose that ball game, you're 2-1. You got Charlotte and SC State upcoming. Now you're 4-1 going to Lexington, right? feeling with confidence. You have all the confidence in the world because you're sitting at four and one. You've got your quality win over Arkansas. You've got an SEC win. And it all of a sudden, you know, you look at these preseason projections and expectations of six and six and seven and five and Vegas over under seven and a half or six and a half, excuse me. You beat Arkansas, you throw all that out the window, right? And I think too, because of the hype and the expectations. And it's been so funny this week. So many of you saying, well, who built the hype? It's people like you that built the hype. No, guys, when you add a guy like Spencer Rattler and Antoine Wells and Christian Beale Smith and Terrell Dawkins and Devonnie Reed and you win your bowl game, there's hype, understandable and justifiable hype that comes with that. Again, hype is a good thing. Expectations are a good thing. Don't run from that, right? But I think this is a fan base that is so ready to explode and see this football team deliver on that hype, right? And this game against Arkansas sort of serves as that quote-unquote measuring stick game, if you will, to where this football team is, where you're at. And again, fair or unfair, and I hope that all of you out there hear the sound of my voice and you don't have this mentality because what I fear, you know, I look at last season, right? And I said East Carolina was the most important game, and I think it was. I mean, I really do. When you look at the scope of last season, if you'd have lost that game, everything would have hit the fan and went haywire, right? But you won. You won, and you set yourself up for the possibility of getting to a bowl game, which you did. But most folks looked at that week three game against Kentucky. That was sort of the game that people looked at and said, okay, this game is going to determine whether I invest myself fully or I'm kind of one foot in, one foot out when it comes to Gamecocks football. Now, there's a lot of us out there that are diehards. We're going to be here each and every single week no matter what. I'm not talking about you guys. I'm talking about everybody else, right? And there's a lot of folks that happens every single season 
happens every single season. And I'm not calling anybody out, but it is what it is in regards to seeing, is this going to be, you know, another typical South Carolina year fighting to get to five or six wins? Or does this have the makings of a special season? That's what that Kentucky game served as last year. Thankfully, the Gamecocks bounced back late in the season, beat Florida, beat Auburn, as we all know. That's what this Arkansas game, I feel like, serves for a lot of people. Like, like if South Carolina is going to have a breakout eight, nine, even crazier prediction type of year, if they're going to have that type of breakthrough year like so many folks hope, right, this is a game you have to win, right? And I will say this, there's no moral victories tomorrow. Right, the Gamecocks need to win this football game. Bottom line, it can set the tone for this season. We've talked all, a lot about, you know, you'd love to be this year's Arkansas and what they did last year. You know how you do that? You go win some games you're not supposed to. But bottom line, these toss-up games, I do view this guys as a toss-up game. I think it's a very winnable game for South Carolina. Go steal a game like this. Go steal a game in Lexington. Go beat a Texas A&M. Beat a Clemson. Beat a Tennessee. Go beat a Florida on the road. That's how you overachieve and you really catch this program on fire. And the next thing you know, it's Beamer ball to the moon. You're pulling in these recruits and all of a sudden this rebuild, it's accelerating. Things aren't taking quite as long to get to the top as we maybe initially thought. But this is a massive game bottom line. On both sides, it's a huge game. I talked about this game over the summer. And if you might recall, in my preseason predictions back in July, I picked Arkansas to win 31-24. to And I made the point I hated the matchup because of what South Carolina's deficiencies were last year and what we expected them to be coming into this season. Line of scrimmage play, offensive line, and stopping the run on the defensive side, right? I don't know that much has changed in regards to my thoughts on that, after watching week one, and I want to believe that from week one to week two, I, I want to make it clear, too. I think this team's going to improve. And no doubt, I think this football team's going to improve. I, I do believe in the week one to week two thing. I think finally, hey, you get to see some live action on tape, some live action on film, how certain guys respond in certain situations. I don't doubt that this football team is going to look better this week. I absolutely don't. You then look at Arkansas. They didn't play their best either. You got to think, hey, they're going to improve also, right? And they've got talent all across the board. I, I do believe the secondary is hurting with Slusher and Catalan not going this weekend. Uh, they've got to find a way to plug up and fix their pass defense. But they got playmakers across the board. You know, Bumper Pools, a guy I didn't even talk about. Shame on me. Uh, going to set the Arkansas record for, for tackles here really soon. He is the heartbeat, the leader, the soul of that defense, if you will. Um, and then you look at the offensive side, guys. I mean, again, led by K.J. Jefferson. You have a guy like that. you got a shot in every game you play in. Jaden Hazelwood, big-time guy. The transfer from Oklahoma on the outside. Trey Knox, big-time player. Two touchdown catches last week. Um, you know, Rocket Sanders in the backfield gives me nightmares looking like Darren McFadden wearing number five, Warren Thompson. They have weapons. They're not a juggernaut. This isn't Georgia. This isn't Alabama, but they got weapons. This is a solid football team. I didn't love the matchup over the summer. I don't love the matchup now, guys. I, I don't love the matchup now. As I told you earlier in the week, and I stand by everything I said about this Gamecocks offensive line, the trenches are the premium here. The trenches are the premium, right? That's where this battle will be won. We get so tired. I get so tired of talking about it over and over and over about this Gamecocks offensive line and their shortcomings and what they're not doing and how it's holding back the offense. And it's not all on them. Let me make that clear. Week one, the struggles, 
was not all on them. But a lot of it was. I mean, a lot of it was. Let's just call a spade a spade. A lot of it was. Here's what's interesting. Last year, we saw this team at times come out of nowhere. Hey, run for 280 against Florida. Run for whatever you ran for against Auburn, right? We also saw them inexplicably run for 40 against Mizzou or what have you. So you just never really know. And we've seen Gamecocks football in season openers, right, look terrible only to in week two go on the road and beat a Georgia or play a Georgia and score 35 points. Like, you just never know what you're going to get. However, we have to go off of what we've seen to this point. And as I've mentioned over and over, I did not like the matchup over the summer. The physicality of Arkansas, big, strong, physical offensive line, four of five starters returning, really big physical defensive line as well, right? I just feel like in this game, I don't love how it feels like Arkansas's strengths are going to so badly expose your weaknesses. Now, I was impressed with linebacker play last week. I think that helps immensely in your run defense. Hey, you trust your secondary? I think Clayton White. I think Clayton White's going to have a fantastic game plan put together to combat K.J. Jefferson. We all saw special teams and Beamer Ball last week. Beamer Ball to the freaking moon. Hey, we all feel like maybe special teams can be a game changer again. Here's the bad news, guys. I don't think you can count on the Gamecocks blocking two punts and having two scooping scores for touchdowns. If you're going to beat Arkansas, you got to go beat them, right? And I'm not saying that was a fluke because you know what? Special teams is a facet of the football game. If you win two of three facets, I don't give a damn which two it is. If you win two of three facets, you've got one hell of a shot, right? But you can't bank on blocking two punts or, you know, converting a fake field goal every single week. That's why people were frustrated leaving the Georgia State game. It wasn't because we were upset over a 21-point win. We were frustrated because you all, we all knew this effort will not be good enough. This offensive effort will not be good enough on a week-in, week-out basis. You can carry offense week to week. You can carry defense week to week. Are you really going to block multiple punts? Are you even going to block one punt on a weekly basis? Probably not. With that being said, it all comes down to this Gamecocks offense. I, I think your defense will do enough to give you a shot. I just simply, guys, again, I didn't like the matchup over the summer. I really don't like the matchup now. I, I saw nothing to make me feel any better after week one. I, I only feel worse, if anything. I think this team will make an improvement. I think this is a great back-and-forth game. I think this is one of the best games of the weekend. But until I see it, until I see it, I am not putting any of my remaining stock in the Gamecocks offensive line. If they are going to have a breakout offensive performance, it is going to be because Spencer Rattler's talent bailed that group out yet again. Move him outside of the pocket, move him around, get creative, whatever you got to do. But I said what I said earlier this week. I have just come to the conclusion this is a football team that will have to win in spite of of bad offensive line play. That's why I said I would just take this line playing average. Just give me an average performance. And I think you win this football game. Guys, if the offensive line plays average, South Carolina will win this football game. I'll go on record and say that. But I'm not even confident in feeling like they'll do that. Unfortunately, this is not the football game that you want to try to win in spite of your offensive line because Arkansas will make you pay. 
big physical football team. I hate the matchup, hate the matchup, hate the matchup, as I've said over and over. With that being said, I do think Arkansas outlasts the Gamecocks. I'm just not ready to say until I see it. The weapons are there. I just don't think the offensive explosion comes this week. I still think these are pieces trying to gel. I do think Spencer Rattler will play quality football, but I think it's just going to be – life's going to be really tough on him because I don't think there's going to be a run game to compliment him. He'll have to do it all himself. Seven will have to put it on his right shoulder, and maybe he can. Maybe he can show up and show out and, hey, tear up the Arkansas secondary – But I think all in all, K.J. Jefferson, the Arkansas Razorbacks on their home field, big game for them as well. They will outlast South Carolina. So my lead pipe lock of the week brought to you by our friends over at A1 Air Quality Consultants. Lock me in. I've got Arkansas taking down South Carolina. Give me Razorbacks 26, Gamecocks 20. Again, Razorbacks 26, Gamecocks 20. That is my score prediction. I am locked in. And again, I think it's a toss-up game. And some would even disagree with that. There's a lot of folks out there that think we're just going to get killed, right? And I don't tend to think that's the case. I really do believe that this football team is going to improve. I think we're going to see week one to week two improvement. But I just don't think right now it's going to be enough. I, I don't know how anyone could look at what happened in week one and pick South Carolina to win this football game. And I, and I hate to say that because I've seen a lot of confidence from Gamecock Nation. I don't know if people just wearing their garnet glasses or just trying to speak it into existence or what have you. And, and uh, I, you know, I, I don't know. But either way, I, I just think right now Arkansas has too much. Um, again, I, I did not like the matchup. Uh, over the summer, and I certainly don't like it now. All right, that being said, guys, that is my score prediction. Again, I got Arkansas 26, South Carolina 20, getting the victory. Gamecocks dropping to 1-1, 0-1 in SEC play. We'd love to hear your thoughts, your score predictions. Let me know what you think. All right, before we get out of here, guys, let's dive into your listener questions because we do have a couple. Krusty Andy says, what are reasons to have hope against the Arkansas Razorbacks? I think the hope is if, and it's a major if, but if the offensive line can be serviceable, I mean, dude, you've got the weapons to expose that Arkansas secondary. No, no doubt. No doubt you do. Um, and anytime you have a quarterback like Spencer Rattler, Krusty Andy, you have a chance. Defensively, you got Clayton White. You're going to have a good game plan. Defense is going to give you a chance. You've got one of the best special teams coaching tandems in Beamer and Limbo. If the offense can get it together, you got a really good chance to get the win. So if you're looking – for reasons for hope, Krusty Andy, I would say that's a few. Um, ben Smitty, 2017. In the past, we've had trouble stopping dual-threat quarterbacks. Does that continue Saturday? I, I think we will hold him in check. But again, as I've said all show, Ben, I, I think Jefferson's going to get his. I, I do. So, I, you know, I, I think Clayton White's going to have as good a game plan as you can put together. Uh, I do think the Razorbacks will have some success. But, I mean, again, this guy's a really, really good football player. He also asked, why is the national media crapping all over Rattler so badly? Because it's easy to pile on the kid. And, you know, he threw a couple of interceptions. And they're going to find any reason to pile on him without really looking at what happened. Uh, let's see. Jay McClary, 28, says, what's going to be the biggest struggle about playing on the road versus being at home? Um, outside of the obvious, which is, you know, you're not sleeping in your own bed. You're not in the friendly confines, what have you. You're not in front of your home fans. Um, dude, I think biggest challenges are crowd noise. You know, crowd noise could be one Arkansas fans are rowdy for sure. But I I think it's just about, man, just keeping your composure and 
doing your job. And, it, and at some point, dude, after that ball snapped, it's just about execution. It's just like any other football game. So there are challenges for sure, but I, I think what would be a, probably a smart thing is don't make it into anything it's not, right? Like, I mean, you love playing on the road. You you love being us against the world. I think that's the mentality this football team should take. Um, spur your enthusiasm, says, can we show a sense of competence early on in this road game? Yeah, that was something we got off to a lot of slow starts in road games last year. Coming out of the gate strong would be uh, – would be wise to do. Uh, he also says, seems like we had a bad habit of shooting ourselves in the foot early to the 2021 team on the road. Yeah, no doubt. David Barnes, 76, uni prediction for the weekend. I have heard through the grapevine, and this is not my uniform guy. It's a different uniform guy. White, white, garnet is what I've heard. So take it for what it's worth. That's what I've heard. Um, George Manettis says, not a question, but Cox by... 90. I hear you, George. Cox by 90, indeed. Keys the game. We just listed them again. Bring your lunch pail, pick your poison, and road warriors. Jay Rowland, 1990, says, what happened to Lavoisier Carroll? We'd love to see him on the field. I, I don't know. Dante Turbo Miller got in there late in the game on Saturday, but no Lavoisier Carroll. Jay, I, I couldn't tell you, and they haven't talked about him. I don't know if he's just down on the depth chart, if he's dealing with an injury. I mean, you never know. Um, I got no idea, my friend. Last question, Scott Howard, 77, says, besides the O-line, what other position do you want to see more out of against Arkansas? That's a great question. Outside of the – I want to continue to see the run defense, right? I think there's a huge game for the line of scrimmage on the defensive side and just proving that we're going to be improved this year. I mean, again, I, I think that's definitely, Scott, what I would say is because, again, Shane Beamer spent all preseason, all summer talking about, you know, defensive tackles, the deepest group on this defense, deepest group on the football team. Well, let's see it. I mean, again, I thought about it earlier, but this is a game in which they got to step up. This is a game when they got to step up. Uh, you know, we were talking about this with the Arkansas guys on Wednesday. They asked, you know, what, outside of KJ Jefferson, you know, what do the Gamecocks need to most stop? And I'm like, I, you know, I think you got to sell out stopping the run, man. If you don't stop the run, you don't have a chance in this game. I mean, you absolutely don't have a chance in this football game. So I, I want to see the defensive line. They had a solid game last week. But the stat sheet was ugly still, 200 yards, five yards per carry. I think this weekend is going to tell us a lot about who they really are and if the run defense really is improved or if it's still an issue. Uh, guys, that's going to do it. Hey, appreciate you tuning in. Thank you all so much for the questions, always being engaging. Another successful week in the books. Again, all those traveling to Fayetteville, my Rippers, everyone else, Y'all be safe, be good, bring us home a W, and everybody else in the great state of South Carolina, especially in the upstate in Greenville, come on out tomorrow to Carolina Alehouse in downtown Greenville. Game will be on, game sound will be on, I'll have towels, I'll have koozies, and by the way, I forgot to mention this, I'll have those Beamer Ball beat stickers to give away for absolutely Free. Guys, it's going to be one hell of a time. SEC play begins. Cannot wait for kickoff tomorrow. And again, I appreciate y'all so much for your love and support yet again of the Spurs Up show. Guys, thank y'all so much for tuning in. And I'll leave you with this. Go Cox, beat Arkansas, and we'll talk to you on Monday. I'm Mark Chapman. Welcome to the Planet Premier League podcast. Each week, Cesc Fabregas, Nader Manua and myself talk all things Premier League. As a player, you don't have time to talk. No. You don't have time to make a plan. You just need to deal with wave after wave after wave. We watched Coach Carter and he said, oh, afterwards, the game's just about doing this for your teammates. And I remember looking around halfway through the film and half the squad was asleep. <laughs> Planet Premier League. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.